Welcome to the Crossview Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy the message this morning. For more information, visit us at mycrossview.com. Good morning, everyone. It's nice to be with you today. Uh, my wife, Jill, is with us. Also, my mom and my stepdad, Gary, is here also. Uh, so welcome to them. And again, it's so nice to be with you. I want to, first of all, I want to say thank you for partnering with us, partnering with us in the ministry in Asia. If uh, we didn't have people partnering like you are partnering with us, we would not be able to go and do what the Lord has called us to do. So I want to say thank you for your partnership with us, for uh, coming alongside, remembering us in your prayers. By the way, speaking of prayers, I want to uh, thank you for praying for Jill. Uh, We just had, the, uh, I guess it's the third follow-up appointment uh, on Wednesday after her eye surgery, and um, the doctor gave good report. So she, um, she doesn't have to keep in certain position uh, anymore. The gas bubble that they put inside there is properly dissipated, and that's, that was good news. Uh, not completely out of the woods yet. They said, the doctor said that it can be uh, up to 10 weeks that scar tissue can continue to develop inside the eye from the surgery, and that scar tissue, if it does the wrong thing at the wrong time, can cause follow-up problem. So please continue to pray for her uh, during these next... Uh, it, it happens to be an easy... The 10-week mark is easy for, to, for me to remember because it falls on our anniversary. So uh, August 1st. <clears throat> so uh, thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for, uh, for praying for Jill. We've just recently come back. We had to, in fact, cut our trip to Asia short. We were supposed to be six countries in six weeks. But we had to cut it short by two weeks and by one country. So we were, what does that come to? Uh, six minus, anyway, you got the, the point. Uh, we were in uh, Taiwan first and uh, also Creative Access HK. By the way, when I say uh, Creative Access, it means a country where the security there is uh, somehow a little bit tenuous. And so we want to be very careful about how we speak about those countries. And so uh, as, as uh, missionaries, we uh, try to get into the habit of always saying creative access instead of saying the whole country name. That way uh, we help to avoid any mistakes that we might say, exposing uh, sensitive information. So we were in creative access HK and also Taiwan, as I said. We were there for annual conferences and uh, we're doing some teaching there in those places. Uh, In Taiwan, we uh, also celebrated the 70th anniversary of their founding as an annual, a full annual conference, which was a great time of celebration. We also spent a little bit of time in, in Philippines. We were able to go back there again. Jill spent a little bit longer there than I did, but then we went to uh, Thailand, and I taught a a module for, uh, for pastors and people training to be pastors. I think there were about 12 uh, people that were in that training. And then also in Creative Access NP. Uh, So we were there. The first day there, I think it was 41 people in the training for that. And then a few more came and then a few more came. By the end of the time, it was, I think, maybe about 50 people that were there for the training. One of the highlights was... uh, was the good questions that were being asked in that training. The training was biblical interpretation. 
how to properly interpret the Bible. And one of the students was especially keen, and he asked lots of good questions. The one that I especially remember, he asked me, uh, in the Gospels, in the Gospel of Matthew, it tells us that Jesus went up onto the mountain to preach, and then we get the Sermon on the Mount. But over in Luke, we get what seems to be the same sermon, or at least very similar, but it says he went down into the level area. So how come one says he went up and one says he went down? Oh, that's a very nice question. And I also had a very good answer. And if afterwards you can ask me uh, if you want to hear the good answer uh, about that one. Speaking of afterwards, uh, at the back you can see uh, a table. We have just a few things there that you can come, especially if you're not yet receiving our newsletter and you would like to, there's a sign-up back there. And if you want to connect with us on a more individual uh, uh, basis than we can do in this long, uh, I mean, in this full congregation, we'd love to connect with you individually as well. So uh, you can meet us at the back after the service. And I also want to say uh, congratulations and happy Father's Day to all of our fathers. Uh, the next one up is a picture of my father. Uh, this is um, uh, a picture that hangs on my home office wall. Uh, I just really love this picture because it shows my father. He was a missionary, uh, and it shows him uh, ministering in a missionary context. This is from his time in Haiti, and uh, he, he loved being with the children. Although his primary focus, like me, was pastoral formation, pastoral development, but he loved also being with the children. And so I honor my father. I also honor all of the fathers in our midst today. And now let us uh, turn our attention to the scripture for today. We want to turn to John chapter 14. If you have your Bibles or your devices, I brought my hard copy with me, and then I realized, oh, the verse that I have is in a NIV, and the hard copy I brought was CEB. So I decided I'll just uh, uh, use my device that has the NIV in it. So uh, John chapter 14. We'll begin reading in verse 22. I know on the slide we only have one verse, and that's because that's where we will focus our attention, but of course we want to get the whole context as well. So we'll begin in verse 22. John chapter 14, beginning in verse 22. <clears throat> then Judas, not Judas Iscariot, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. All this I have spoken while still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. Verse 27, the one that's on the screen. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. You heard me say, I am going away and I am coming back to you. If you loved me, you would be glad that I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. I have told you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe. I will not say much more to you, 
for the prince of this world is coming. He has no hold over me, but he comes so that the world may learn that I love the Father and do exactly what my Father has commanded me. Come, come now, let us leave and let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this recording of what Jesus was sharing with his disciples and also with us. Lord, thank you for your presence with us as we celebrate fathers and think also of your father who is now by adoption our father as well. And Lord, thank you for the peace that you give to us, not as the world gives. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple weeks ago, Pastor Kyle shared on the same word that is our theme today. He shared about peace. But at the end of his sermon, he said something, or maybe it was the beginning, but anyway, somewhere in there, he said something like this. It's good to continue to think about peace more than just once. We can come back to that idea on multiple occasions. And I took courage and said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to follow up on this theme of peace. And so we have, again, to think about peace. But as we consider this idea of peace and we look at the world around us, we can see the world is not at peace. Isn't it? The world around us as we look, the world is lacking of peace. We see people and even nations competing for resources. We see people and groups lusting after power. And we see people who are Uh, feeling threatened, and so they act out, and we find this lack of peace. An example from the uh, Asia area of the world is Creative Access MR. Uh, A few years ago, there was a coup that happened there. Why? Because the military had been in power for many decades, and then they began to release power, and they had a democratic election. And uh, it, was, it was a very great thing for that country. And the young people especially began to have a great deal of hope that the, the, they turned a corner, so to speak, and, and there was a, a promise for the future that they hadn't had for a very long time. But there was a feeling of threatened. The, the military that had given up the power, they still lusted after that power. They still felt threatened by the increasing power of the non-militaries and they performed this coup. And so we find in our world today, in that place and so many other places, this lack of peace. In Jesus' day, they had what they called Pax Romana. Do you remember that from your world history days? The peace of Rome, they called it. Uh, and so this was well known uh, in, the, in, the, in the context in which Jesus was talking. But Jesus, into that context, Jesus says, I give a peace, not as the world gives. The peace that I am bringing is not like the peace that the world gives. There are at least three differences in Jesus' peace from the peace that the world gives. The first difference is it's a different motive. The world's peace and Jesus' peace comes from a different motive. There's a different source of of peace and also a different focus. Or I, I, I played around with the word scope a different scope or a different focus that Jesus' peace has. Let's focus on each of those three ideas. There's a different motive. 
In verse 23 of our passage, Jesus, uh, Jesus said, uh, the scripture says, Jesus replied, anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. And so we see in this context where Jesus is about to speak of peace, even before that and again after that, Jesus talks about love. And so we find that Love is the context. Love is the motive of peace. Jesus' peace is not a what's-in-it-for-me kind of peace. So often we think of peace as being enforced at the end of the spear, so to speak, because people want peace for themselves. But Jesus' peace is not focused on self. Jesus' peace is based on love. Very interestingly, the word in this verse for home only occurs twice in the New Testament, both in this passage. It's the word monet. And the connotation for this word, it's a very special word for home. It has a connotation of protection, a connotation of safety in the context of God's love. So when we talk about our goal as Free Methodist Church in Asia, we talk about numbers, but it's not really about the numbers. It is motivated by bringing God's peace because God loves them. If we look at the next slide, we can see our goal. Our goal as Free Methodist Church in Asia is to influence one million Asians toward Christ. Huh? Can you picture a million people? Ah, that's a big number, isn't it? That's a huge number. We, we can say that's a, a God-sized number. That's a God-sized goal that he has given to us. And here we have the chart that shows, uh, that shows where we're at on this trajectory. In 1881, there were two free Methodists in Asia. How do I know that? Because 1881 was the year that the first free Methodist missionaries went to Asia. That was Ernest and Phoebe Ward. They went in 1881 to be missionaries in Asia. So we had two uh, free Methodists in Asia. And then in the year 2020, which is the uh, most recent number for which I have good numbers, we had 383,298 free Methodists in Asia. That's a nice number, isn't it? But it's still quite a long ways from a million. But if you look at the trajectory, and by the way, I, uh, those of you that are math kind of people, I just did a population growth curve on this and put in the, the two data points that I, I know and see how long it will take us to get up to a million. And you can see that curve that goes up there. And you can see in 10 years' time, if we continue on the trajectory that we're on, that we would reach uh, one million in 10 years. But as I said, it's not about the numbers. Those numbers are people, right? And those people are ones whom God loves. God wants to share his love. He wants to bring them peace, yes? Because he loves them. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we were in Creative Access NP uh, earlier this year, and we had the annual conference. It was the first full annual conference in this country. And we received a, a good number of new leaders uh, there. We received 25 new CMCs. CMC means conference ministerial candidate. These are people that are uh, on the journey 
toward becoming ordained. We also received 17 new elders, uh, ordained 16, and also received one more. And one thing that's amazing to me is that when I was looking at the, the CVs uh, of, these, of these 17 new leaders, between them, they have planted at least 90 churches. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? And of course, those 90 churches represents people who are coming to know the Lord. How God rejoices in those he loves coming to see him, to know him. And so we see that Jesus' peace is different from the world's peace. It's different because it has a motive of love. So when Jesus says, I give you not as the world gives, it's because his giving is motivated by love. But we also have a different source. The, the, the world's peace is not like Jesus' peace. In the world's peace, it's very fragile. The world's peace is very fragile because it depends on the reliability of people. Huh? If you say the wrong word, the peace is broken. If you have the wrong look, the peace can be broken. Even the wrong interpretation of the right word. Huh? And the peace can be broken. But Jesus' peace is not fragile like that. Why? Jesus' peace is not fragile because it doesn't depend on people, but it depends on him. And not only that, it depends not on some future action, but it depends on the past of what Jesus has already accomplished. Jesus has already accomplished the peace. Huh? And so it's, it's something that is dependable because it's, it's already accomplished. And Jesus' peace also depends on the gift of the Holy Spirit. In verse 26, we read, But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. It's the Holy Spirit huh, that is the source of our peace. The source is what Jesus did, and the source is also the Holy Spirit bringing peace to us. Notice that this is from verse 26, just immediately before Jesus speaks about giving peace. We also read in Galatians chapter 5, you remember it, the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. The peace comes from the Holy Spirit. I think of my good friend, uh, Pastor Hean, we can see his picture. By the way, how do you like his shirt? <laughs> uh, Brother Hean and I were together with some other leaders visiting in the country of Cambodia. And uh, the hosts were taking us to visit various ministry sites. And one of the sites that they had taken us to was a place that was very how shall I say, very impoverished, very depressed. And uh, we came to the ministry location, which was quite close to the main road, but it was on this very narrow, uh, it's like a, a levee uh, built up and then quite far down and, and rice fields on the other side that often have water and flooding that are there. And uh, because these people were so impoverished, most of them had no, no work. 
And I could see as we walked along, there were houses built up on, on tall stilts. I would say it was like uh, maybe 30 feet high, something like that. And so that the, the level of the, of the house floor was even with this levee that had been built, or berm, or however you call it. But underneath the houses, there were old beds, run-down-looking stuff. And I, it was the middle of the day, but I often saw people... I mean, I, I could see in many of cases people just lying on those old wooden beds. Why? Because they didn't have any work. They had nowhere to go. And we continued down toward the end of this levee, I'll, I'll just call it. And uh, we got to a place and our host introduced us to this person who was there and uh, had a, a brief conversation and then it became time for us to leave. It was time for us to go on to the next thing. And so most of us turned around and, and started to go because our host had said, it's time for us to go. But he was listening to the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit was talking to him about peace. Huh? Peace for this man that was there. And uh, I didn't realize it at first. And I had started walking away. And, and, and we're about halfway back to the main road. And I realized... Pastor Hean's not with us. Where's Pastor Hean? And turned around and went back and saw that he was talking with this man and sharing the gospel with him. And he said, you know, I can sense that you are very discouraged and desperate because you have no means of, of, of livelihood in this context. And he said, I was like that once too. <laughs> but, the, but Jesus came into my life and I have a new hope. And everything changed when I met Jesus. And Jesus can do that same for you. And so we can see how the Holy Spirit wants to bring peace to those around us. So we have a different motive and a different source. And we also have a different focus or a different scope of peace. In our next slide, we can see... We can see a Buddhist pagoda in Creative Access MR. I, I visited there. Uh, I had been in this country uh, teaching, and toward the end of our time, the student said, let's do some cultural things, and let's go visit some various places in the city. And one of the places that they took us to was this Buddhist temple. You have to walk up a long flight of st stairs, uh, for, as a foreigner, then you have to pay your entrance fee. <laughs> and then you go inside. You have to take off your shoes. And you can see the floor here of this. And by the way, this is just one small, small, small part of the temple area. It's a very large precinct. And, but it's all paved in these tiles. And so you're walking around on these uh, tiles with no shoes on. And everything is so swept clean. There's... Uh, there's no, it's very quiet except when few people are maybe uh, uh, lighting candles and um, uh, occasionally ringing a bell, but mostly it's just quiet. And one of, the, one of the people that was with me said, wow, this must be what heaven is like. So peaceful, so quiet, so calm, none of the distractions of our life all around us. And I, as I think about that, you know, in some ways, Jesus' peace is in some ways like that. Huh? In some ways, it's like that. There, there's peace with God. Huh? Of course, that's what they're seeking, and we know that's not the real God. 
That's not the true God, but they're seeking that kind of peace. They're looking for that kind of peace, and that's the kind of peace that God gives us. And also peace with others. There was just quietness. There's no conflict that we see there in that temple precinct. But in many ways, Jesus' peace is not like that peace. Jesus' peace is not like that peace because Jesus' peace does not need to shut out the outside world. How could they have peace there? Well, they walled it all off, and it was separate. You had to leave the world in order to get there. But Jesus' peace is in the midst of our world. Jesus' peace is different from that because there is an abundant life. In John chapter 10, verse 10, Jesus talks about abundant life that he gives to us, not shutting and minimizing and getting small, but getting bigger and growing and having an abundant life. And Jesus' peace is different because Jesus initiates the peace proceedings. Jesus is on offense with the peace. That was the title of the sermon today, Offensive Peace. Of course, in some ways, Jesus' peace offends people because they don't like his kind of peace sometimes. But more to the point, Jesus' peace is on offense. Jesus goes out and makes peace. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 9, in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, honored, honorable are the ones who create peace. You've probably heard it as, blessed are the peacemakers. But it is the people who make peace, not the people that receive peace, but the people that create it, that go out and make it. Honored are those who create peace, who are on offense with the peace, going out and initiating it. Uh, From the Free Methodist Theology of Missions, it also captures this idea. This is what it says. The Trinitarian community is characterized by shalom. I know you know that word because Pastor Kyle was also using that word for peace the other day. The Trinitarian community is characterized by shalom, a peaceable interrelatedness between people that actively seeks the well-being of others. Hear that offense, actively seeking out the well-being of others, not looking for our own interests, but the well-being of others. This activeness is seen especially in Jesus' incarnation when he emptied himself in order that humans might enter into relationship of peace with God. Therefore, as free Methodists, we are committed to entering God's mission. It's God's mission that we are entering into by listening to others, including those unlike ourselves, in order that we might enter into peace community, shalom community with them and invite them into shalom community with God through Jesus. We enter God's mission by ministering to, ministering with, and ministering by marginalized people, people who are neglected and despised by other humans, but valued by God. We pursue God's mission by, or we enter God's mission by pursuing justice, breaking down barriers to shalom community that divide people from one another. We do this by celebrating the diversity of gifts that God has distributed to God's people by sharing our gifts 
with one another and accepting others' gifts in return, seeking to outdo one another in giving away that which we value most and trusting each other with the resources God has entrusted to us and inviting people to practice shalom community within local bodies of believers, churches, and planting new churches where none yet exist. So we can see that God is on mission and God is on mission to bring peace, His peace, to this world. And God is inviting us to partner with Him in this mission. Here are just a few ideas of how you can join in in God's work of bringing peace. I would uh, suggest, for, just for example, just over here we have the community food bank, right? <laughs> Get together with some of your friends and participate. Help out. You know, I think it's important that you do it as a group, right? Peace is, peace is not something that's individual. Peace, peace means people together. Huh? That's why in that theology of mission we talked about Peace community. We have to do it together. Or maybe home care visits. Get together with some of your fellow believers and bring peace by visiting those who are lacking peace. Of course, you can continue to support Free Methodist Missions. And as I had said before, you can join us at the back if you want to talk more about that. Or uh, I think next week you have a barbecue coming up, is it? Invite invite others from outside the community to come and participate and as they come listen to them people want to be heard right that's one way of bringing peace of listening to where the unpeace is in their lives and how you can do it god is calling us god is calling us to be peacemakers huh? not just peace enjoyers but peacemakers, go out, go out and make peace. Go on offense with the peace. As we close today, because it's Father's Day, <laughs> I want to share, I've shared it here before, but I want to share it again. This is a prayer from my father. My father, as I mentioned earlier, is, was a missionary. And here is his prayer. This is how we'll close our service today. Or our, our service. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, how thankful we are that you are our God and you are our friend and you are the one who leads us. Lord, you know, what, what, what is it to make a missionary? I think, Lord, it's just being sensitive to your presence and to your voice. And I would wish that same kind of sensitivity to your spirit that I have known and appreciated and have been blessed by to be with each individual here. Just normal people like I am. But Lord, you can use us. And I, I don't know what you have for me down the road. But I'm looking forward to it, and I know it's going to be good. Yes, there are going to be some, some troubles, and I ask you for strength. And yes, there are going to be some victories, and I'm going to praise you. And I want that for each individual here. So Lord, won't you bless us, and won't you help us to open up our hearts and lives ever more. Help it to 
help our hearts to unfold before you so that we will witness and share and be excited about the gospel so that those around us will want to become Christians too. For your sake we pray it. Amen.